Dear Disciple podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. I'm Sister Mary Helen. And I'm Father Nicholas Pierce, and this is the You Disciple podcast, and Welcome back, Sylvana Scarf. Thanks for having me back. It's, it's been since it's been Lent. Such it's a long been time. a while. It's been a while. We're in a different liturgical season. We, we <laughs> ordinary are. time. Well, and we were just we were just discussing that we're getting towards the end of ordinary time. That's right. Yes, the mm. readings are ramping up. Yeah, hopefully. Well, or down. depending when you're listening <laughs> to this, but we've just been through a cycle of pretty tough Sunday readings. Mm. So, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus setting out a few challenges. He has been. But um, anyway. It's great to have you back, Silvana. Thanks, Father. Um, what's been happening since we last saw you? What's what's going on? Lots is going <laughs> on. <laughs> um, World Youth Day launches um, with more people than we expected, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, and yeah, our internship is back on board again with the interns starting back at uni and getting the semester underway. I don't know whether we're just busy because obviously Savannah and I work in the diocese and Sister Mary Helen obviously as well. Um, I don't know. I'm, there's a feeling at the moment. This uh, Maybe we're just busy. Maybe we're too busy or is it I've got this feeling that there's something exciting happening here in Melbourne. Spring's about that, to well, happen. Spring, <laughs> yes. But I like I just – this. There's something happening. There's something a little electric going on. And obviously we were really G'd up by the World Youth Day launch. And mm. Yeah, so who bought those Portuguese tarts? And yeah. how do we get more of them? I can tell you where. Okay. Um, I didn't get one. No. Which well, disappointed my night, but that's fine. <laughs> the advantage of having three times the amount of people who will turn up for your event is that not everyone gets a Portuguese tart. That's true. Uh, lessons, lessons. Come to Portugal. Come to Portugal. But yeah, obviously World Youth Day is, is coming up and we're really looking forward to here in Melbourne in October having a whole series of regional gatherings uh, for to spread some more information about World Youth Day because um, we really want people to register. So uh, some exciting pilgrimage options. But otherwise, there's great stuff happening on campus. Sister Mary Helen, how have your classes been going? Oh, yes. Lots of fun. There seems to be people who would like to know what a human person is. And uh, <laughs> we're getting somewhere <laughs> toward a definition. It's been actually really, really fun. And you've got some exciting news in the next couple of weeks because you're having a special visitor. We are having a special visitor. We, uh, Mother Anna Grace is coming over from the United States. She's never been here before. Apparently when she was a little girl, she was like, I'd love to go to Australia. And now she's here. She's in Sydney. So we'll try and get her on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully. And obviously there's that special event for young women coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yes, For Love Alone, which is um, it's great. Actually, there's a, a little film. It's about 18 minutes long, but you can't find it anywhere else except At our, our comment. We have it, yes. Uh, but it, it talks about all sorts of... Um, religious communities and, and what religious life is and so it's just a little bit of a chance for people to come along and ask questions and have a look and yeah and i suppose that's what we're delving in today so we've we've over the last couple of podcasts we've looked at a whole variety of uh different things we've looked at priesthood religious life uh we looked at chastity with matt mcdonald and now we just want to have a bit more of a chat about sort of small v vocation sort of Vocation more generally and, and what it means to be a, a disciple of Christ. Silvana, you spoke recently at Theology at the Pub about this. Um, how did it go down? 
I think it went down well <laughs> from the feedback I received. Um, yeah, really positively. So um, a topic that isn't often covered in my experience uh, and, yeah, something that I think everyone needs to know about. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Uh, in the last episode, I quoted, and I, I didn't give him a shout-out, so I should give him a shout-out. So one of our most recently, our most recently ordained priest, Father Andrew Kwiatkowski, um, gave a talk at an event I was at recently, and he spoke about the fact that we spend our lives striving for holiness but instead we should be striving for unity and the byproduct or the the gift, the grace of unity is holiness. Yes, 100%. Can I just and jump you, in you, here? You jumped in in the I'm last episode so and you're like, yes. And it's like, okay, we're going to unpack it. Amen. So on my computer screen at all times, I have one quote from the Bible and it says, look to the Lord and be radiant. And that hits the here. If we look at God, we spend our time looking at him him then the effect of looking at him is that he makes our lives radiant but if we try to make our lives radiant we're constructing something and it's too stressful because we can't do it it has to be a gift from him so i think sometimes we put and this is a burden we can take on ourselves that's not a not from him um, of to try to make ourselves ready or make ourselves holy but if we just put our attention to God himself, the effect is holiness. And I guess the difference is it's not about us and it's yeah. about the Lord yeah. and putting our focus on, on him yeah. and everything being at the service of relationship with him mm-hmm. and holiness being what comes about as a result of that. Yeah. And I still remember from um, the Jacques Philippe series we did at the beginning of the year, that, that one line of like prayer is like putting yourself in front of a fire mm. and you cannot help but be warmed. And I was just like, yeah, okay. It's about me letting him do it in me rather than me trying my hardest to do it and always failing. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this with a group of young people last week and about that heresy of I can do this all on my own. Pelagians. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's deep. It's in the culture. Yeah. And, And that it can even be in our... Well, it is in our Catholic experience. Yes, like if is. I pray this many rosaries, if I do this much sort of prayer, if I if I do this and wear this and whatever, I will be holy. And it generally in my experience always just comes crashing down. Yes. You get a lot of tired, discouraged people. <laughs> so how does this then, Silvana, and this is what you're speaking about at Theology of the Pub, like how does this speak into our our primary vocation and our identity as as created in the image and likeness of God. I think when we look at our existence, right, we exist for a reason and a purpose. The Lord has willed us into existence. We are here to 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 glorify the Lord, but to fulfill a purpose that no one else can. It's unique. It's unrepeatable. If we didn't exist, then th- there would be a void in the world. Do we teach that enough? I don't think so. <laughs> well, no, it's like yeah. th- that is so fundamental mm. as to our our understanding of who we are as a person. Mm. It is, it's it is fundamental, and I think 
anything that I, I feel like we can't really we can't understand ourselves if we don't understand the heart of God, and vice versa. We were talking about the, uh, something like that this week in our little human person course. Just that the culture is so anti this message, this anti creation, right? So. It's just stuff, stuff and motion. But if we think of the human person as created by God, it goes against um, this I'm going to construct myself message. But we're saying the culture seeps in. And so there's almost a need nowadays for us who, who realise that that's an error but have nevertheless been affected by that error to almost consciously make an act of acceptance of myself, my life as a gift from the Lord like a deep act of, I accept, Lord, that I am five foot nothing. You know, I accept that I am male, female. I accept that I am, you know, I have these quirks or whatever. But all of that is a gift. Um, it's a great starting place. Yeah. I just, yeah. You're speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless, but you two are speechless. You're looking at me. I just... Where, where, I'm a bit speechless. Because, like, where do we teach it? Like, where, where is a young person today supposed to learn that? Yeah, but I think you learn it. You learn it in relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So you learn it. We were talking a couple of weeks ago with Mahia about fatherhood. You yeah. learn it in the way that your parents look at you. So if, if we're not receiving that in the home, this is why a Catholic community continues to be so essential to to be people who can affirm the goodness of our own existence, the goodness of your unique your unique existence. I, I think it's a great thing that you are in the world and, and we need to be able to give that to each other. Um, we need to be whole people so that we can give that to each other. It's very freeing. I suppose I'm a little um, exasperated by it because I think it took me a long time, a very long time to come to that realisation of of how much God knows me and willed me into existence. And that might sound a bit funny because I was a priest, but like I think we can, the temptation is, especially if we, if we look at forms of spirituality and forms of um, Catholicism sometimes that maybe play too much into the emotional, that the temptation is to go to the other extreme. And to sort of go, okay, it's just about what I know and I believe this and the church is true and Christ is the head and this is what I profess. And so we run away from any real deep emotional connection with the Lord. And I can I can say that I, I probably did that for many years, but that too will fall away if it, it's not enough mm-hmm. and it becomes really shallow. But that uh, willingness to... Um, seek an encounter with the Lord that is so much deeper and richer than that can be life life changing. Yeah. And to accept your your emotional life is yeah. also a gift from him that is to glorify him and to be a whole person. Limp along half half and half or either half by itself doesn't work. And I think it also means accepting the weaknesses. Yeah. And the vulnerabilities and the sinfulness. And going, okay, God sees this. Now that doesn't that doesn't give you an excuse not to strive for holiness. It's not ah, oh, well, this is how God created me, and God loves me exactly how I am. Like, no, we accept the sin as God accepts it as something that He wants us to change, and He want, but that God sees the whole 
uh, the whole experience of our lives, the good and the bad, and he loves it, mm. I think is something that we need to be a ready to accept if we're then going to be able to change anything with any sort of depth. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's moving towards a depth of personal relationship, which I think is something that I know for me, something I had to discover quite late on, like I was raised Catholic, but that was something I wasn't really taught, <laughs> right? Um, that I can actually have a personal relationship with the Lord. And as a result of that relationship, I was able to come to understand who I am and who he created me to be with all the gifts and the talents that he's bestowed upon me and the struggles that come about in daily life, the weaknesses. Um, It's going that little bit deeper and understanding that the Lord, like he's a personal God, like he wants that depth of relationship with us so much Um, and the fruit that comes about as a result of that. And that he calls me to something. And I think not only did he create me, but as you said, he created me with a particular purpose. And there's that great Cardinal Newman quote, God has created me for a definitive service that he has given to me and no other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the previous Archbishop of Melbourne, Archbishop Hart, used to quote it very regularly and it's stuck in my mind, but that he has put me on this earth with a mission that he has given to no other. I'm a link in a chain, a bond. Um, and as you said, unrepeatable. Mm. And if I don't build that relationship with him and seek to discern in my heart what it is that he's asking of me to do, then nobody else will do it. Mm. And that link in the chain part is really important there because it's not just, oh, I'm so amazing, I'm so unique, here's all my amazingness. <laughs> but I'm a link in a chain. I, if I you know, do my part, um, there's so many other people counting on me on my response to the Lord. So me doing my little bit to cooperate with God has a flow and effect f- for other people. We're not, we don't come to heaven to be on our own and we don't come to heaven by our- ourselves. We, we, we're a link for other people. I think there's that interesting thought then about the holiness of the church. Yeah. And that we... The church herself will only be holy if each individual member of the church is striving for that union. Yes. Because then the fruit of that union is holiness. So uh, we can sometimes get a bit disappointed in the state of the church or the state of the world. We can get disappointed in leaders. We can get disappointed in decisions. Uh, But at the end of the day, the one way that we can affect the church, we can affect the holiness of the church is by our own personal union with the Lord and growing in holiness ourselves, because Mm -hmm. this is our role in the church today. Mm -hmm. And if we can grow in holiness through growing in our personal relationship with the Lord, then we're going to be able to play a a bigger and better part. We can sanctify the church Mm -hmm. through our daily life. Yeah, St. Catherine had the image of the vine that the Lord used um, and St. Catherine would talk about the church as a vineyard with no dividing lines. There's no fences around my part of the vineyard and your part of the vineyard. And I think Pope Benedict used to talk about, I'm just a lowly co-worker in the vineyard. But if we all weed out the weeds in our own little area, we affect the rest of the vine. And I think having that sense of respons- uh, responsibility sort of in the church for whether I invest or don't invest in my 
pursuit of this union with God affects the rest of the vine. I think it's really healthy counter to the individualism that's very rampant in the culture as well. And applies to all vocations. Mm. And again, this is this small V vocation. Like it's not just the bishops and priests who make the church holy. It's not just the religious sisters. It's not just Mary. Um, it's every one of us. This is uh, by virtue of who we've been created and how we've been redeemed that it's a responsibility for all of us. Uh, to to st- and this is where I suppose that universal call for holiness comes, comes in, in. Mm-hmm. Um, because each one of us has been created for that that union mm-hmm. communion. I was reading uh, Lumen Gentium on the way in on the train, and uh, that's where this is really declared. This universal call to holiness in the Second Vatican Council was made really manifest and brought to the attention of the Church. Uh, um, it's an excellent document to read to just say, oh wow. And particularly the vocation of the laity to to transform the world, to to get out there and make every uh, part of the world, every little environment, fit for human flourishing, fit for um, you know. And that doesn't mean that we all, I don't know, yeah, like every every office space, every home, every shopping center, everything should be a place where people, um, because we've brought the gospel there in our life. We, we make that whole environment fit for human flourishing. Because everything's integrated, yeah. right? Like inviting the Lord into every part of our life. What we do, <laughs> how we speak, how we interact with other people, um, how we take care of this body that he's given us, what we eat. <laughs> like all of these different things, it's all part of our vocation. It's all part of the call, the universal call to holiness. Savannah, so we obviously we spoke with Mejia and with Matt a little bit about marriage. We spoke with the the panel of fathers, um, Father Matt, uh, Father Matt, uh, Father Paul, <laughs> and Father Joel about the priesthood. But especially in this area of of that lay vocation and living it out in our daily life, like, have you got any suggestions or tips about? Okay, how do I do that? How do I go and sanctify my workplace or my study or the world in which I live? How do I how do I play my role uh, in that link in the chain? When the talk that I gave at TAP, I think one of the main points that I like tried to really bring home to those that were listening was really this understanding of. Um, like how we meant to to grow in holiness is to seek the Lord. Like it sounds so basic, but it's can and it is kind of simple, but it's challenging, right? Because we are um, fallen and um, tempted in so many ways, and we live in the world, and that uh, can be a huge distraction. And so I think really seeking Him and spending time with Him in prayer through the sacraments, um, in our daily encounters with other people, like really kind of seeking him above all things and that being the thing that sets our heart on fire and then what would come about as a result of that um, flows into every part of our life. Um, Yeah, so... I, I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if I've answered the question. But. <laughs> no, and I think Matt said exactly the same thing in, in the last episode, that at the end of the day, prayer is at the, the heart of it. And in particular, prayer in the sacraments. 
how does that then take expression? Like, how are we called as as individuals to to put our lives at the service of the church? Like, I know that you've done a lot of work in, um, and you work a lot with some of the young people here in the diocese in this area of identifying our own gifts and talents. Um, because if God has created me and He's created me for a particular purpose, then I can believe that He has given me particular gifts and talents to place at His service, and therefore being able to identify what it is I have within me to best put at his service is an important part of that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, a lot of that comes down to looking at your own life and like where is it that – what are you passionate about? Um, Asking yourself questions like what do I love about the job that I'm doing? Or the work the Lord's called me to. What is it? A, what is specifically about that that I actually really, really enjoy? What drains my energy? And what do I find really, really hard to do? And it's it's growing in self awareness at the service of relationship with the Lord. <laughs> like it's it's really kind of coming to understand um, if He's gifted you in a certain way, things are going to be very naturally easy to do, and other things are going to be that little bit more challenging. And then as a bo- as the body of Christ, how can we then help complement one another? in the areas that, um, for example, that I might be uh, gifted in could help complement colleagues in the areas that um, they may struggle with. And then that complementarity kind of going both ways. Um, And it's really cultivating that self-awareness to um, where that passion is and where, yeah. Sister, when we were talking about discernment and in particular discerning between different charisms, mm-hmm. we looked at this a little bit, this idea of, okay, where do I fit? Mm. Or where where is there a, a level of peace of heart with the, the particular um, charisms or works or different sort of levels of community? Mm-hmm. Did you find that in your own discernment when you were looking at following the Lord's will? Hmm. It's a tricky journey. I had a tricky journey, but I did find um, a disposition. I found that there was a beautiful the disposition that I experienced facing God in this community, my Dominican community, was um, of a child, a child before the father. And, and so there was a, a great freedom and a joy that comes with that. And I don't know. So that's it's a bit ethereal, isn't it? It's a bit, bit abstract, but that's what it was for me. It wasn't about the works. It wasn't because I just like studying. Um, I do have a passion. It gives me joy to um, to see someone um, be sort of excited by the truth of things. That that definitely is there, which is part of the charism. But but actually, it was a deeper thing of ah, oh, this disposition of being a child before God gives me total freedom. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think that touches on something, especially for university students, because it's not always, it doesn't always feel good. Yeah. It, it can't just be right. um, that this is, God is making this really clear because I'm enjoying my life at this moment. Yes. Um, I used to say that in the seminary, every seminarian had a vocations crisis sometime around week 10 of semester one <laughs> and sometime around week 10 of semester two, because... Yes. Life got hard, mm. and it, it was it was harder to see the joy in those external things mm-hmm. when you were bogged down in essays. And I think that would be pretty similar with people on university campuses, mm. um, even just in the normal run of Christian life and the Christian vocation. 
Um, yeah, don't drop your course in week eight because you've got ten assignments. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth no, it. Not, not, not really God speaking. <laughs> no. Maybe your lack of planning in week one when we told you you should have started and you didn't. But I think I think there is that real thing of okay that if I have that deeper union and I can keep it, that's the thing that will stick throughout. Uh, and that was definitely my experience in the seminary. It wasn't that I didn't have highs and lows and it wasn't that I didn't do plenty of all-nighters in those weeks 10, 11 and 12. But there was a deeper sense that I was doing what God was calling me to do and that I knew I could throw in the towel but that I would be walking away from something that was deeper than the very moment that I was in. Yeah, I I don't know why I'm just coming. This is just coming to mind. I did a just a personal retreat. I just took myself off for a day and sat in a chapel. I don't know by myself. And I read some John Paul II. And I walked away saying, "I would love. I need to live my my life, my vows that God has called me in in joy and totality." And I could see that the the Dominican life was that I could do that there. You know, that needed to be this joy and totality. It was. Um, Anyway. Silvana, I think all of us can say we're old enough to say the young people of today. But you, you work with, with young adults, young adult Catholics. What, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges for them in that, this whole area of following their personal vocation um, in, in their life today? I'd say discernment is probably one of the big, big things. Um, struggling with discernment. Like, so how do you navigate... How do, you, how do you make decisions, <laughs> really? Um, and a lot to do with feeling. If I don't feel like doing something, so I'll throw the towel in, <laughs> you know, or, yeah, you get to week um, week 10 of semester and it's like this is just too overwhelming. Um, but focusing back on what's the commitment that you've made and that deeper sense of conviction that the Lord's calling you to be a student during this time in your life <laughs> and the, the means to living that well is going to be faithful even in those really tough times. Um, so I think those two things, I think discernment, like struggle with with um, decision-making, I think, um, but then also that emphasis, which I think is in the culture, on doing what, what feels good all the time and when it doesn't, just step away. Yeah. I think and I th- I'm pretty sure we were talking about this a few weeks back, <laughs> but this idea that they know so much, like that there is so many options. Mm. Um, okay, you can drop back a unit in your course or you can defer or you you can sort of take a year or two off and you're not going to be that far behind um, the rest of your, your year group and things like that. I just, I don't remember there being that many options when I was a student. It was like, okay, you went to university, this is what you did. This was the course. Yeah, just push through. Like, yeah. If you deferred, you deferred and you went to like it was go to uni or go to London. Like that were the two options. Like you can go and work in a pub, and but you had to have a certain amount of money, and if you didn't have the money, you went to uni. Like I just think um, the the there are so many options for young people and so many opportunities, and that that in itself can be paralyzing. Yeah, death by option. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> it's just um, one of one of the pieces of advice that the rector of the seminary gave me in my first year was: now you've made the decision, then stop discerning. He said, "Okay." You're here, you're here for the year. Mm. Stop discerning. Mm. Like give it a year. And then at the end of the year, discern. Mm. 
yeah. look back over the period of time that you've been there and look at the highs and the lows and the peaks and the troughs and look at them in the context of were they when you had essays due, were they when you were feeling sick, were they when something fun was happening outside, but discern with like the eyes of God. And I think that is, there's that imagery of the tapestry and that we're like standing up close to the tapestry and we can only see the little piece that's in front of us right now where God's standing back Mm. and can see the whole picture. And I think that's very much the case with some of the young people that we work with. It's like I'm looking very much at what's in front of me right now and it's like, well, actually, just stop and take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, that's true. I think there seems to be just watching uh, a lot of big changes to people's lives and degrees made very quickly. Um, it's it's interesting. And I wonder if this is a sign a little bit of the affluence of our society. I mean, you just couldn't do that yeah. before because you can't afford to do that. Mm. Um, you can't just afford to drop this degree and then start another one. Um, so, yeah, a little bit more patience perhaps and toughing something out and putting something under your belt before you do something strange. So we've really gone into the grandpa thing of... We have, in my young day. Young people to... <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is um, great signs of hope in this generation as well because I think there is a generosity. Like people are sure. are looking and people are asking and people are discerning. So in that area of discernment, uh, a tip for a young person discerning today. And if you say union with God, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna come over there and I don't know. But like it's gotta be some really practical tips. <laughs> See now you're speechless. Well, no, I am because I needed time to think. <laughs> I think, I think with the discernment, you need to, you need to start sitting with God. Like you do actually need to start being okay with the silence and sitting with the Lord. Like that's I think a really key, but also being aware of how the Lord's spoken to you in the past. And not making rash decisions. Um, Allowing the Lord to speak to you in his way. Because that will be key in how he will speak to you in in the rest of your life. Um, So being really alert to his voice and how he, um, yeah, how he speaks to you. I think we need to learn how to trust. And I think... Our, our approach to God uh, is often we go to him through our human relationships and in most of our human relationships, unfortunately, trust is broken and we become, we can, we're wounded because of the hurt that happens when trust is broken and we often take that into our relationship with God and we just, we can't, we can't trust him or we're, we're not ready to trust him. So I think the sooner we can we can learn how to trust that he has created us, he does know us, and he has called us to something great and that he won't let us fail. Mm. Like He's not some puppet master sort of pulling these um, sort of strings with this evil vindictive plan, but that he, he's calling us to greatness. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I was just thinking about the... Um, sorry... <laughs> the inroads for our soul, like God loves our freedom. He loves our freedom and he's given us an intellect and we're supposed to use it 
um, but we have a lot of other things that impact that. So also take a look at where are the inroads of my soul? Where are they pointing? And let's see if we can point them back to the Lord. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. So October is going to be a very busy month, Silvana. Mm. What are you doing in October? I'm going to be running a four-week Living in Personal Vacation Seminar, <laughs> um, based at JP2 House, I believe. Yeah, I believe I so. so. Uh, yes, that'll be um, the last, well, the second, third and fourth and fifth it Mondays. So many Mondays October. in October. Exactly. Yeah, keep, keep an eye out on the website um, for that four-week crash course um, and really hopefully, um, especially if you are looking for some some help in in that whole area of growing in your understanding of your own vocation as as a disciple first and foremost mm-hmm. but then also discerning your particular vocation sister got anything exciting coming in october, october. oh we have a pilgrimage on a the pilgrimage. 22nd mm-hmm. fantastic Marian so pilgrimage through the city feast of john paul ii that's it we'll so put up the information a, a great for you. day so but otherwise, uh, keep an eye out on the website or reach out to one of our staff on one of your campuses. There's plenty of great things happening. Uh, but otherwise, just... Adios. Union. Strive for union. Look to the Lord and be radiant. Amen. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Your Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.